All right. Well, good morning and welcome, welcome, welcome. Another episode of Mornings with Mike coming at you live today. Once again from the good old basement studio here on this Tuesday, December 5th. That's right. December 5th already. For those of you like me who don't like to do too much Christmas shopping too early, let me rephrase that. For those of you who are like me and don't like to do any Christmas shopping too early, now's probably the time. Now's probably the time that we should get our butts in the gear because 20 days, 20 days until Christmas, and if I'm not mistaken, I believe Hanukkah begins later this week. So happy Hanukkah to anyone out there who celebrates that fantastic holiday. Phone numbers if you want to get in touch with us, 484-509-0445, 484-509-0445. And you can always email me, MikeKellerRadio at gmail.com. And one more note about that phone number. Not only is that a phone number that you can use to give us a call when we're doing this dopey little show, but you can also send us a text message or leave us a voicemail any time, at any point. So make sure you take that number down, 484-509-0445. That's 484-509-0445. Good morning to Greg and good morning to Monica in the chat this morning. Sure to appreciate you guys starting off your day with us. And don't forget, if you are unable to catch this show live or you know someone who would have liked to watch but couldn't, let them know that they can listen to the audio feed whenever they would like in their car or at their desk uh, within about, I would say, a half an hour, 45 minutes of this thing ending. I throw it right up on the 222 with Mike and Robbie podcast feed, and then it just sits there for you all day Long, all night, all week, all month, all year, forever, really. As long as I keep paying that subscription for the 222 podcast, I keep throwing audio up there. It will be there forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. So make sure people check that out. Plus, I don't take the videos down on Facebook. So if there's anything you missed that maybe you listened and want to watch the video, like a great example is last Thursday when my guy Matty Whipple was in here. Man, what a great job Matty did. And uh, he told us that he had something new that was going to blow my mind. Now, he did two tricks. Both of them blew my mind. So I'm not sure which one he was talking about. If you don't remember, the first one, he had me open up a Stephen King book, which had like 600-some pages in it. Book's that big. That big. That big. It's giant. He said, open to any page. I open to any page. He said, pick a word on the page. I picked a random word on the page. I then showed that word to you, the listening audience and viewing audience, by holding up a little post-it note. And then all of a sudden, just by looking at me, he wasn't looking. There's no way he could know, but he knew. He knew. He knew what word I chose and what word I wrote down completely and utterly freaked me out. Freaked me out. And then the other one, it was a real candle. It was a real it was a real candle. Here's the thing. I've not really thought about this since last Thursday. It's a real candle. It was burning in here. There was three different candles. I saw him light the candle with a match. In fact, I think I lit the candle with a match. I did. It was a real match. And it was real fire. And when I put my hand over it, it hurt. And then he did something where he stared deep into my soul and all of a sudden the fire doesn't hurt anymore. I don't know. <laughs> I just I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense to me, but it happened and it definitely is one of those things that is going to stay with you. I always talk about the X trick that he does with the Sharpie where he writes a Sharpie on you, an X on you with a Sharpie, and then peels it off and then can, like, throw it to somebody else. I don't know how the hell that happens. And now I'm going to be thinking about voice. How did he know which word I chose? Maybe I was too on the nose by, you know, picking voice. Maybe I shouldn't have done that. 
But still, what are the odds that he gets that word? That word, I could have just as easily picked the, or a, or two, or as, or any throwaway word that we read on a regular basis. I could have used that word. I could have used word. I'm sure word was somewhere in that book that I could have found. I don't know. And then the fire thing. Completely freaked out. So go back and watch that. It's up on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Mike Keller Radio or facebook.com slash MWM Radio. Uh, we're not going to spend too much time talking about the Eagles and 49ers on Sunday. I will open the phone lines right now in case there's anybody out there who wants to talk uh, about uh, the game on Sunday. Eagles fall, and they fall in absolutely and utterly I don't want to say embarrassing, but it was bad. It was really, really, really bad. Someone is um, asking me a question. Why am I blocked from commenting on the site? Did I do something wrong? Uh, I don't know who you are, and I've not blocked anyone. So I uh, apologize. Let me know who you are, and after the show is over, I can look into it. I would suggest that you just go ahead and um, try refreshing the page because – I do not believe I have blocked anyone. Let me know your name, and I will check that out. So whoever texted me here with the last four digits of their number, 7872, just let me know, and I will get right back to you because I did not block anyone, at least not on purpose. If somebody misclicked, if I fat-thumbed something, I apologize, and I will go ahead and correct that error. Uh, but I do not believe I blocked anyone. So just let me know who you are, 484 uh, and uh, or 7872, excuse me, and I'll uh, we'll figure that out. All right. Um, anywho, yes, Eagles lose 42 to 19. Look, they haven't been playing up to their potential. That's something we've been talking about basically all season. All season, we've been talking about that. So I don't think us being disappointed in the performance is anything we should be shocked by. We can be a little shocked that they didn't figure out a way to win. And you can say, well, that's silly, Mike. This is a great team, San Francisco. You're not going to get by uh, with that kind of performance. But they had been. They'd been squeaking by against good teams. Now, this 49ers team, when they are all there, when all the pieces of that puzzle are together and healthy, and that tends to be a pretty big if with that squad, man, they are really good. They are really, really good really good. Now, I'd love to see the Eagles at full strength taking on the 49ers. Hey, I'm not going to make any excuses, but they did not have Dallas Goddard, and this offense, when they don't have a third weapon out there, it really allows the defense to kind of just go ahead and try to take out A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Now, I still think, I still think there's ways to get the ball into A.J. Brown's hands more often, and pretty easy ways. That slant that they run, with A.J. Brown from either side, I think is unguardable. I'd be running that slant, and I said something to my buddies, and in fact, they did this the first two drives of the game. They threw the slant once a drive, and those two drives went right down the field. I really think if you have him run over the middle there, man, that opens some things up. That brings the defense in because A.J. Brown gets so much attention, and he still finds a way to get open on that dumb slant route. But if you keep running it once a drive or just keep finding ways to get A.J. Brown the ball, even four yards away from the line of scrimmage, he's probably going to make more out of it than just the four yards. I just think you got to find ways to get A.J. Brown the ball. And if you do that, it should open it up for everybody else. And it will definitely open it up for everybody else if they're able to get Dallas Goddard back. And I know there's lots of rumors out there about Zach Ertz. Um, Mike, uh, Delco Mike, I did check the text. If that's you checking about blocking, I did not block you, Delco Mike. I, I don't know what to tell you. Um, I, I'm a little, you know, a, a little busy right now. Um, I will look into this. Uh, I, I have not limited who can comment. I've not checked any settings, Mike. And you're, Mike, you're, I'm, you're commenting. I just read your comment. I'm so confused, Delco Mike. I really am. Okay. <laughs> oh, maybe this is why I shouldn't look at the comments during the show. But anyways, uh, Eagles fall. I forget what I was saying there. But uh, now they move on. They take on 
let's go ahead and i guess this is delco mike and we'll see what he uh what's going on uh good morning you're on the show what's your name hello what's your name dave from Moten. hey dave oh so you're the one trying to comment yeah it says it says your name it says limited who can comment on this post the broadcaster chose to apply this setting i did not yeah i don't know dave have you tried refreshing i really i i've not yeah, okay well here you go whatever you wanted to say Fire it away, because I, I I have no idea why it won't let you comment. No idea. <laughs> All right, I'll get back to you. All right, what do you, what's up, buddy? Oh, not much. Getting some work done here at the house. This guy's outside here with a jackhammer making all kinds of noise. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll let you get back to it then. I I'll try to see what's uh, going on, but I have not uh, I've not I, done I, anything. I think I think I see what I think I what it might be. It's an all or it's all right, I'm losing you, Dave. Yeah, right. it's it's an alternate setting. It's a different account with my name, and I'm going to go in under the right one. Ah, okay. Okay. So you got burner right. accounts, Dave. Well, I think somebody hijacked this one originally, and I opened another one. I got you. I got you. So oh, you got many, right. many Facebook accounts. I love it, Dave. All right, I'll talk to you later, okay, bud? <laughs> All right. All right, bye. All right, David Moten derailing the show <laughs> because uh, he he was in under the wrong Facebook page. Ah, I love David Moten. Thank you, Dave. I'm glad we got that straightened out. But, yeah, Eagles, disappointing uh, outcome on Sunday. But, look, when you looked at this gauntlet, they weren't going to go 6-0 and through this gauntlet. And I think the gauntlet started with the first Dallas game. So they started out 3-0. and now you lose against San Francisco. You're still 3-1 and one through this extremely tough stretch of your season, and you're still the number one seed. But losing on Sunday at home puts an enormous amount of pressure on Sunday night in Dallas. You can't afford to lose both of these games. I thought they'd go 4-2 and two through this. I thought they'd lose earlier in this whole thing. And I thought they'd beat one of these two, Dallas or San Francisco. I thought maybe the Chiefs would get them in Kansas City. You know, uh, that was probably a pick a lot of people made. But they were able to get that win. They were able to go ahead and sneak that game and get a W. But they weren't able to get that done on Sunday. And they need to be able to figure out a way to slow down that Dallas offense, which moved the ball up and down the field at the link. And they're even better historically in Dallas. So this is a huge game on Sunday night, and I'm really hoping that whatever needs to be done, whatever corrections need to be made, that they're able to figure it out because it's time now. It's time. You've kind of limped your way through this season successfully for long enough, but now 42-19, to 19, if that is not a wake-up call, I don't know what is. If a 23-point beatdown is not a wake-up call, that you are no longer the kings of the NFC, I know they're still the reigning NFC champs and they're still the one seed, but the 49ers, complete, man, they look absolutely and utterly amazing. And that's why you need to keep home field advantage. You need that number one seed. You need a bye, and you need to make sure that the road to the Super Bowl once again goes through Lincoln Financial Field. And that's why a win Sunday night is huge, huge, because you want to keep that lead you want to keep everybody cricking their necks to look up at you throughout the rest of this season and into the playoffs so a uh, huge game on Sunday night super excited for it can't wait for it should be a lot of fun biggest stage of them all Sunday night football and the Eagles once again will be in prime time and the next week since we've last spoken the Eagles flexed into prime time again their Seattle game the last game of the quote-unquote gauntlet uh, is now flexed to Monday Night Football. I think it's the first Monday Night Football flex in history. So the Eagles making a little history. A lot of uh, websites calling them America's real team because of how many times they've been on primetime this year. Uh, I don't I know a lot of fans hate it, and I'll tell you this. If I was not currently without a gig, I would not be happy about it either. <laughs> but staying up late right now, uh, not the end of the world for me. Hopefully sooner rather than later. Uh, I will uh, not have that luxury. But uh, yeah, I, I, I totally get if you are unhappy. I have a lot of friends who are unhappy 
with the fact that the Eagles are once again on prime time. And I think what I was about to start out saying before we got confused with David Moten was that Zach Ertz is now available. I don't know what Zach Ertz has left in the tank. He was not putting up a lot of great numbers earlier on the season when Josh Dobbs was the quarterback, but that was a very streaky Arizona team when he was the quarterback and not like they're any better now uh, with Kyler Murray. Uh, but I don't know what Zach Ertz has left in the tank, but I will tell you this. It has to be more than what we currently have. So if the Eagles can bring Zach Ertz back and then match him up and use him as a complimentary player to Dallas Goddard, I think that gives them only more weapons. And they just signed uh, the Leonard, the um, linebacker yesterday. So that's a huge deal because we saw what an issue the linebackers were for the Eagles on Sunday. All right, no more Eagles talk. There is a couple other football things I did want to talk about, though. If you were watching on Sunday... Um, and I was watching Red Zone during the 1 o'clock window. But one of the 1 o'clock games that was highlighted a lot on Red Zone was Lions at Saints, mostly because the Lions spent most of the first half in the Red Zone, or at least it felt that way. So that game was on the uh, Red Zone channel, and it was just one of those plays that happens, oh, I don't know, 15, 20 times during every football game, probably at every level, where the play goes towards the sideline, the runner, the ball, the tacklers all go out of bounds, and then someone on that sideline gets knocked down, whether it's a camera guy, whether it's a coach. We saw Rob Sala a few weeks ago taken down by Zach Wilson, his uh, quarterback, who now may not want to be his quarterback, even though he was demoted and now they want to bring him back. It's a whole mess. They're the Jets. We don't want to get roped into that saga. But it happens every game. A play goes towards the sideline, and someone gets hit. You see it in the end zone a lot when a pass is towards the corner of the end zone and the player and the defender are running full speed towards that corner and they end up crashing into a cameraman. I'm always amazed, whether it's a coach, whether it's a player, whether it's a member of the officials who is working uh, the chain line or you know f doing something else, whatever officials do on the sideline, whether it's a camera person, I'm always shocked when they pop right back up. Because those guys are getting hit when they don't expect to get hit a lot of times, which probably helps in the long run. And they're getting hit by guys two, three times their size, moving at ungodly speeds, wearing armor. That's what's hitting these people when they come crashing into them on the sidelines. And they always pop right back up. But on Sunday at that game, a guy got hit and he did not pop right back up. And as the player was walking away, and I, I, I'm always, and I guess it's just what they have to do because the play clock's running and they're not going to stop the play clock a lot of times, but the players have to run back on the field. So everyone's going back on the field and the cameraman happens to just, at the angle he's shooting the players, you catch that guy on the ground and his leg is completely bent the other way. It was gnarly, absolutely and utterly gnarly. But you watch that. If you're on the phone, just give me a second to finish this thought, and I'll come right to you. 484-509-0445 for anybody who wants to call or text. Um, but when you when you see that, you can't believe that that doesn't happen once or twice a game. You can't believe that that doesn't happen every single NFL Sunday that someone is just really seriously injured over there on the sidelines. I hope that guy is okay. I know that... And I don't know the last time they did this. It may be a first. I think they stopped the game for a while in order to get some medical staff to this guy. And also, I'm imagining they had to cart him off the field because, again, his leg was all kinds of not right and going the wrong way. So a scary scene. And, man, you realize just how lucky it can be when someone goes crashing in there and you think, how does everyone get up? How does everyone get up? And finally, someone didn't get up, and you're just you're shocked. At least I am. I'm shocked that that doesn't happen more often. All right, let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your name? Uh, Delco Mike here. Hey, Delco Mike. What's shaking, bud? Well, now, now, now that we've exited the quagmire of confusion as to who was trying to get through to you and all that with Dave. From yes, Moten, yes. So know. I'm glad he figured it out. Yeah. Uh, did you get my picture the text i sent you um let me uh, let me see if i can look at the text while you uh are on the phone here i'm not sure i can i'll have to look at it explain to everybody what it is okay oh well, it's just a, a t-shirt slash oh i did see that sweater. yes the uh, kelly green and it says uh it's yes. a delco on it 
It's a Delco thing, the yes. Eagles. As soon as I saw that, I said, Mike Keller needs to see this. Yes, you you Delco people love to uh, claim Delco. Yes, we do. Yeah. I, well, I'm, I'm, I'm probably the least likely to do that, you know. But, uh, you know, being a, a born and raised in Delco, I do have a certain amount of pride, you know. Yeah, I've talked about but, it before. It's definitely, it's definitely there. Yeah, I have no idea where it started. But... Uh, I think I told, I know I told this before, I have a friend of mine, he's the, one of the chain guys for the Eagles. Yeah. And I'll have to ask him one day. I think, I think he told me one time a couple of years ago, he did get nailed one time at a game. I'm pretty sure he told me that. I'll have to ask him if, he's, if, you know, if he did. Yeah, he it, ha- it happens all the it. time. And, and again, you see these giant uh, freak athletes moving at, you know, like I said, ungodly speeds crashing into mere mortals. And, and normally the yeah. mere mortals pop right back up. And I'm all yeah. I'm always shocked when they do, and then finally, unfortunately, for this gentleman, it didn't happen. But it it's scary, and and again, I I just can't believe it doesn't happen more often, Delco Mike. Yeah, well, just uh, my friend, he's got some weight to him, so so in order to move him, it'd have to be going pretty much full speed. So he's got a fighter's chance. You're telling me? A little bit. Good. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. Probably, probably depends on how much food he ate that day or whatever. <laughs> so he could he could pass as an offensive lineman, perhaps. Uh, in his day. In his know, day. Not now, but, you know. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, I don't want to take liberties with his personal uh, fitness, if you know what I mean. No, but, no, no. Some uh, guys are just bigger. I mean, Delco Mike, you're a bigger guy. You know what I mean? I know David yeah, Moten is, is a bigger guy. You guys would stand a better chance on the sideline than, like, let's say, someone like me, who if one of these guys runs into me, I may never move again. <laughs> yeah. A couple of years ago at work, uh, I had a gentleman who was uh, um, not feeling too well. It wasn't inebriated or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a diabetic. He was going through a diabetic thing where he kind of lost sense of who he was. I've unfortunately, so, I've I, I've seen that in action before. It can be very scary if you don't know what's happening. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't. Yep. So we had to be careful. So long story short, he started mouthing off to me, which is no big deal. And then he went over to push me. And then when he saw me not move after he pushed me, he kind of he kind of backed down, you know. Yeah, yeah, I've uh, I, I've been in those situations. Those are those can be some scary situations. Exactly. Well, you got a show to run there, so I'm not going to keep you any longer. All right, Delco Mike, good to chat with you. Uh, sorry about the confusion oh. earlier, and thanks for helping us straighten out. Not a problem, and have a good show, and I'll be listening. You too, bud. I'll talk to you later. I'm All sure. Right. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, One other quick sports note, and then again, I promise we're out of uh, sports news. Um, I am not a college football fan. I will watch college football because I like football, and I root for Penn State because they're the local college, and they're big, and they're fun to watch, and they're on TV every weekend. So while I'm not a diehard college football fan, I'm not a diehard college sports fan. I like pro sports. I've always just been more attracted to professional sports than college sports I don't know why it's just always appealed to me more so I've never been a huge college football fan again I will watch it if it's on TV I take a look at it but I'm watching it as a passive fan of the sport not a fan really of any teams other than just wanting to watch Penn State on a weekly basis and rooting for them so I don't have a dog in the fight here because Penn State not in the playoff but they named their four playoff teams. And on championship Friday and Saturday, some outcomes that weren't expected, of course, happened. So now you have a four-team playoff, which has never made sense because you have these Power Five conferences. So already, the math doesn't work out. You've got four teams in a playoff and five conferences that are a big deal. Someone's going to get let out every single year They're lucky that this is the first time in 10 years that something like this has happened. But you had a Florida State team go undefeated for the regular season, win their conference championship game, the ACC championship. They're 13-0, and because their quarterback is injured and they're on a backup quarterback, and I guess in reality it was a third-string quarterback who played on Saturday, a 13-0 team is not in the playoffs. And it's because of that injury. A 13-0 team that won a Power 5 conference. This is all their words. I don't really, (laughs) I don't care. But a Power 5 conference, again, only four make the playoffs. And they're not in because they put in Alabama, which of course they were going to, who beat Georgia. 
Now, I'm not arguing that right now Alabama isn't better than Florida State. But if I was a college football fan who every single Saturday I sat down and watched my team play and wins and losses mattered to me because it's a sport and wins and losses matter. And I'm not naive enough to think that there isn't some entertainment aspect, television show, television show aspect that goes into this a lot because it does. They're trying to put together the best TV product. That's what they're doing. They want the most eyeballs to watch these two semifinals and then on to the finals. It's all about getting eyeballs. So I know there's an entertainment aspect to this that can't be denied and is probably what really pushed it over the top. Alabama's just going to bring more eyeballs to the television screen than a Florida State team that's now going to rely on its defense and defense only. They're going to try to beat you 13-10 to 10 is how Florida State is going to have to win if they would get into these semifinals and what they'll have to do against Georgia in their bowl game uh, whenever that rolls around. But you play a whole regular season that started the beginning of September, Labor Day weekend, and runs all the way past Thanksgiving and to the first weekend of Christmas with the championship games. And you go all the way through that season without losing, and then you're told that's not good enough because of an injury. Imagine if the Eagles played that entire regular season in 2017 Now, they had the number one seed in the NFC, but let's say there was a selection committee. They had the best record in the NFC. Home field advantage. Bye in the first round. But let's say there's a selection committee. Like I said, Carson Wentz goes down. Chances are they're going to drop the Eagles in the seedings. And then without home field advantage, who knows if they move on to the Super Bowl and play the Patriots. You don't know what's going to happen just because someone is injured. We've proven that in sports time and time again. It's just as frustrating as someone who watches sports and wants wins and losses to matter, especially because I take into account that it's entertainment. As an Eagles fan, do I think it's fair they're playing all these primetime games and move? No, but it's entertainment. They want eyeballs. I get it. Wins and losses still matter in the NFL. It just boggles my mind that you can have a team go undefeated in one of these big conferences. They played two SEC teams, too, so you can't say they didn't play anybody out of conference. I think they beat LSU and somebody else. And they're not in the playoff. Look, college football was dumb when I was a kid, when all these teams wouldn't have any kind of tournament or playoff, and then just the newspaper would tell you the next day who won. That was dumb. The BCS with the computers where only two teams got to play for it. That was dumb. And this four-team playoff where you have a Power 5 conference, five of them, five, and only four teams get in. Someone's going to get screwed every year in that instance if you are lucky enough to have really good teams in your conferences. So luckily next year, 12-team playoff. Hopefully that will eliminate some of this. You're still going to have people down at 13, 14 who are going to be disappointed they didn't get in. But I think there's a much smaller chance, percentage-wise, of any team down on that end of the rankings being able to win a national championship than, let's say, the fifth team in the country being able to beat the first team. You see that, I don't want to say all the time, but the margin is a lot smaller between those two teams. So college football's dumb. That's the entire point of that rant. It's just until I see how next year works, this is a perfect example as to why I could never, ever, 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 ever be a giant college football fan and live and die with every Saturday and what happens out there. I, it just, it's really, really, really bad in my opinion. All right, there you go. I can cross off now off my uh, sheet. College football is dumb. Hey, I don't know if you guys saw this. This thing has been all over my uh, social media feed over these last handful of days. Um, We've all seen, and there are just some iconic photos out there, just some iconic pictures out there. And we've all seen the picture of the um, workers working on the skyscraper way back in the day. I think it was, let me see here, 1930s. Yep, 1932 is when that picture was taken. And it shows 11 iron workers casually sitting on a beam 
way, 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 way up in the air, 800 feet above the ground, and they're just casually sitting there eating lunch. And that photograph, that photo has been seen. I would say, I mean, you talk about the percentage of the population that's seen that picture, the adult population. What do you think? Three out of every four, four out of every five, 75, 80% have act, have absolutely seen that picture and right away can close their eyes and think about that picture and think about how back in the day there was no, you know, braces. They weren't wearing any hooks. They weren't going ahead and making sure they were attached to the beams. They're just up there walking around. And you can see they're just dangling their legs over the edge of the beam, 800 feet in the air with their lunch boxes, eating their sandwiches and all that jazz. Well, now 30 Rock, I guess, has a new tourist attraction where you can recreate that iconic scene. Now, luckily, they're not taking you 800 feet above the city and just throwing you out on a beam. It's actually the 69th floor. And what they do is, it's on a little like patio, a deck out there. And they have a beam there. It looks just like the old style beam that the workers were sitting on in the picture. And this beam, though, has belt buckles and straps. And it has a back, so you can lean back. Remember, their beam, no back. So you lean forward. Bad, you lean back, bad. None of it was a good option. Luckily, in this a tourist attraction, it does have a back. It has a seatbelt. And what they do is they put you on this beam. I think it fits, I don't know, 10 people, we'll say. And they lift the beam 12 feet above this observation deck. And then they spin it, and they're able to take a picture and very much make it look like you're not strapped in and you are sitting up there casually hanging out and enjoying the view from 800 feet just like those workers did in the photograph that was titled lunch atop a skyscraper that again was taken back in 1932 now i bring this up because i've talked about my fear of heights before And in my mind, I would be telling myself, it's only 12 feet off the deck. And at no point are you actually over the edge of the building as far as I can see. You are always just over that 12-foot deck. But man, oh man, my brain logically can tell myself that. But I don't think there's any way, any way I could sit on that beam. And any way I could let that beam go up and I could just sit. I'm, I'm And I, every time we have these conversations, I get sweaty, clammy, gross hands every single time. I don't know how in the hell I'd be able to get up there and make it work. I will say this. You look at all these um, tourist attractions. They look pretty cool. And, you know, my first thing is it's New York. What is this going to cost? Because you got to pay just to go up to the top of the Empire State Building nowadays. you got to pay just to go to the observation deck of the um, Rockefeller Center. And if you want to go in the Express Pass and get all the way up there, it's $85. If you want a VIP pass, and this does come with the beam and all that stuff, it's $160. Just to go up... To the top of the rock, like we said, $35, $40 in there. And that's just to go up. That's non-express. I don't know what the difference is. But if you want to do the beam, while you have to pay to get, you know, up there, the added on for the beam, I guess in the grand scheme of things, really isn't that terrible. I believe it's like in the vicinity of $50. Now, that is still a lot of money. But... I guess if you really want that picture, if you really want to feel what those, or at least a little bit of what those iron workers were feeling, I'll go out on a limb and say most of us, most of us will be more frightened of the attraction that never 
ever dangles 800 feet over the ground is just 12 feet over the deck and you're strapped in and you have a back i bet most of us will be even more frightened than these iron workers were in that picture that was taken again 90 plus years ago so go check that out it's everywhere i've seen it on social media i'll share the story from six abc news up on my page and the uh, show page, facebook.com slash Mike Keller Radio and facebook.com slash MWM Radio. I'll make sure to go ahead and save it up there. All right, a couple other things I've been meaning to talk about that we haven't been able to get to. Um, basically, uh, some TV stuff I wanted to talk about, some stuff on streaming services. Uh, first of all, I think I mentioned this. If you haven't watched it yet, it's on Max, HBO, whatever you want to call it. Albert Brooks Defending My Life. This is not the movie Defending Your Life. This is a documentary that was made by Rob Reiner uh, featuring Rob and Albert Brooks. Check it out. Uh, it's an amazing documentary. Go watch it. You will really, really enjoy it. And it makes you realize, I always knew what a big deal Albert Brooks was, but it makes you realize what a big deal he was within show business. And, um, you know, I missed out on that as just... I was too young. I was too young to really appreciate and recognize uh, what Albert Brooks was doing, what those movies um, meant and all that stuff. So go ahead and check that out. It's up on Max. Uh, another uh, show that I just finished. And uh, this show, if you are looking, I'm just going to say this. If you are looking for something totally mindless, right? If you miss a second... If you stare at your phone, if you get a phone call, if you run out to the refrigerator and forget to hit pause, you're not going to miss something that is going to affect your enjoyment of the rest of the series. This is a mindless action show with aspects of some comedy in there and maybe, maybe a pinch of drama. It definitely leans heavy into the farcical kind of satire of an action movie type of deal if you like watching goofy action over the top stuff and watching attractive people do that stuff this movie or this show is probably for you it's eight episodes it's a really easy watch if you are just looking to escape reality for just seven hours or six hours whatever the total runtime of this show is each show is about 45 50 minutes each episode about 45 50 minutes so the whole thing six seven hours whatever it is if you want to watch just some mindless entertainment you can throw on at night while you're wrapping presents so i know it's not a christmas movie but this show was a bunch of fun i it was one of those where nothing was blowing me away it's not going to be nominated for any golden globes or any emmy awards but every time an episode ended, I wanted to turn on another episode. And my dad was watching The Lincoln Lawyer, which is also on Netflix. <laughs> my dad's biggest complaint about the show was at the end of the episode, they made you want to watch the next episode. That's literally their job. <laughs> if they don't end the episode with you wanting to watch the next episode, what's the point? What's the point of anything if you don't want to watch? If you're like, oh, oh, I guess I got to watch the next episode. They're doing something wrong. There's a show right now that I absolutely loved. I've talked about it on every audio video show that I've ever done. Uh, For All Mankind on Apple Plus TV. I think it's the fourth season or third season, whatever it is. Um, I really liked it. We interviewed some of the uh, stars of the show during the pandemic. Um, they were fantastic. It was a lot of fun. Uh, and it was a great show. Great show. It was one of the first, um, I think, successful shows on Apple TV+. Plus. So you had um, The Morning Show, Ted Lasso, and For All Mankind. Uh, C was also one that was on early, but that one has ended. For All Mankind, still kicking. But this season, the episodes are ending and they're not making me want to watch the next episode. It just isn't sucking me in this season. I don't know what it is. It just feels like it's missing something. There's, there isn't any aspect of this season that is making me want to watch the next episode to see what happens. And it's a chore. We used to watch it day of. That Friday, I would go ahead and we'd make sure to watch For All Mankind. 
that is gone gone and there's even been times that i had access to the show early from screeners uh from doing interviews and stuff and we went through it before the show was even released on apple plus so this show was one that really got me hooked and now it doesn't have me hooked anymore we're not going back and you know when you don't go back on certain days and it's not something you're looking forward to i don't know about you i tend to forget what i'm watching I tend to forget about the shows because you got to go to seven different things to find them and stumble on them. So if you don't go to Apple TV a whole lot, you're going to forget about For All Mankind. So Lincoln Lawyer, the only thing they're guilty of, according to my father, is the fact that they were too good at the end of the episodes. And I happen to agree with them. That was a good show, too. There's two seasons of that. If you haven't watched The Lincoln Lawyer yet, based on the Matthew McConaughey movie, um, go ahead and check that. I think it was also a novel. Uh, but uh, Obliterated is the name of the show on Netflix that is just completely mindless entertainment. Uh, I highly recommend you check it out. Not for the children, though. Not for the kiddos. It's, I would guess, rated R. I guess if it's TV, it's M.A., for mature because of violence and stuff and uh, some other stuff. So, but not for the kids, but completely, utterly mindless uh, entertainment. Go ahead and check that one out. Uh, also, really enjoyed uh, season two of Welcome to Wrexham. Uh, I am not a soccer fan, but you should watch that if you haven't yet. I thought season two of Loki was really good. Uh, probably the best thing Marvel's done in the last two years, maybe. Uh, really well done. Really well done, especially the ending. The ending is what I think if you're a Marvel fan, you've been finally waiting for the story to progress as a whole. And the ending of Loki really kind of helps you kind of see or maybe understand where things might be going and gets you excited where things might be going. And then finally, also back to Netflix, uh, The Killer, which stars, I believe, Michael Fassbender as a hitman. Uh, again, not for the kids. It's the complete opposite, I would say, of Obliterated. Because this is very, very understated, this movie. And um, very much a character piece, I would say. It's very much about that guy and who he is and what he is because of what he does. So it's a completely different vibe. So it depends what kind of mood you're in. If you're in for something fun, goofy, mindless, obliterated on Netflix. If you're on Netflix and want something more serious, something more perhaps cerebral, ooh, uh, check out The Killer. Um, so there you go. I wanted to run through some of those before we uh, didn't have any more time. And I always forget when people are here because we get into good conversations. And then I just, I just completely space on the quick things that I want to go ahead and talk about. All right, I thought we'd end on this. Uh, always a lot of fun. There's some, there's some. Um, I would say, I don't want to say classic because that kind of puts them in a different light, but there are some, I think, normal kind of uh, Christmas subjects that everybody in my business dives into each and every season. And one of my favorite, because in the grand scheme of things, other than like, extremely rich and kind of out there billionaires or millionaires I don't know who would actually do this I don't know who would actually care I don't know who would actually ever think of doing it but it's how much would it cost to buy all of the items in the 12 days of Christmas so we just go through that and I will tell you that overall there was a 2.7% increase from last year so inflation has even hit the 12 days of christmas some of the items a lot more than others we'll start off with of course a partridge in a pear tree that will cost you 319 dollars and 18 cents according to pnc who puts this together rents are rising again for the partridge in 2023 that's right. If you wanted to write, uh, rent a partridge, it's going to cost you a little bit more. I don't know what uh, some of the rental car companies are doing, but rental partridges are 
raising their price. Uh, the price of the bird stayed flat, but the tree it lives in grew by 15%, uh, reflecting overall growth in housing costs. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, $319.18 for the partridge in a pear tree. If you want the two turtle doves, that's 25% more than it was last year. $750 for the two turtle doves might be faster to just go out and try to catch two turtle doves. Or how does the guy in Home Alone 2 say it? Toidle doves. You got these two toidle doves. You give one to someone you care about, and you keep the other toidle dove for yourself. Uh, so turtle doves are the most volatile gift in the index this year, growing by 25% in price. Their cost increase reflects their rarity. So two turtle doves, $750. We're still buying birds as we get to the three French hens. That only went up 3.5% to $330. The French hens grew modestly in price this year due to rising labor and energy costs. They're still among the most affordable birds in the index. We're not out of the birds yet because we're now doing the four calling birds. They are $599.96. Doesn't that sound like something that's being sold at Walmart? Walmart loves to do that. Except I believe all of theirs end in $0.98. Cents. $599.98. We used to do 99 because not 600 <laughs> And then Walmart started doing the 98 just to bring it back, that one penny. So the Four Calling Birds has a very Walmarty price to it, $599.96. It's easy to budget for the Four Calling Birds. They're the same price as they were last year and the year before that and the year before that. So apparently... The most steady market in America is four calling birds. Price never changes. All right, I believe we're out of the bird business now. Uh, five gold rings is up next. Those also did not go up in price. $1,245 for your five gold rings. They say gold never goes out of style, but apparently plain gold bands do. The price for five gold rings stayed flat for the first time in more than five years. So once again, five gold rings, $1,245. Six geese a lane. Back to the birds. Uh, inspired by their very expensive swan cousins, the six geese a lane have been on a growth run in recent years. Since 2018, they've grown in total price by almost $500. That means they were right around $300 in 2018. Damn you, pandemic! Damn you! And ever since then, they've gone up $780 is what six geese a lane will cost you. More birds, seven swans a-singing. The good news for true love is that the price of seven swans a-singing, which has been the most volatile gift, stayed flat from year to year. The bad news is they still cost, are you ready for this? $13,125 for seven swans a swimming, the second most expensive price tag of your 12 days of Christmas. All right, while it may cost 13000 plus for seven swans, you can get eight maids of milking for just 58 bucks. The eight maids of milking reflect the federal minimum wage, which remains unchanged this year. Therefore, the maids are available for $58 this season. I don't know how good those maids will be. You get what you pay for. So I kind of feel bad for the cow or the goat. I guess we shouldn't just decide what kind of milk it'll be. Maybe it'll be almond. That'll really put them to work. Here you go, maids. Go get us some almond milk. Uh, $58 is what that's going to cost you. All right, nine ladies dancing. I feel bad for the maids. That's all I'm going to say. The maids get no respect here in the index. $58 for the maids of milking. Nine ladies dancing, however. $8,308.12. The price of nine ladies dancing, <laughs> which I guess it I guess it could be even more expensive depending on, on the type of dancing. Uh, the type of dancing. The price of nine ladies dancing rose by a hefty 10% in 2022. The first increase in almost a decade. The price tire at dance company stayed flat this year, though. So $8,308. Dollars and twelve cents. Ten lords a leaping, getting even more. Let's hear it for the ten lords a leaping. They're the most expensive gift in the index, holding off the stagnant swans with another four percent increase. Fourteen thousand five hundred thirty-nine dollars and twenty cents for the ten 
Lords a leaping. 11 Pipers piping. That's just $3,207.38. If you'd like to hear a Piper pipe, get ready to pay for it. A tight labor market means a 6.2% increase in the cost for these musicians. And finally, 12 drummers drumming. Faced with the same labor conditions as the Pipers, the 12 drummers drumming are setting the beat for a 6.2% increase in price for their services in 2023. $3,468.02. Last year, all 12 cost you $45,523.27. This year, again, up 2.7%, $46,729.86. Now, if you do it by repetition, so if you buy everything that's mentioned in the song every time it's mentioned, that's 364 presents. It's a math thing. I didn't do it. They did. And apparently if you would buy everything mentioned in the song with all the things being repeated over and over and over and over, that would cost you $201,972.66, which is up over last year's one ninety seven oh seventy one oh nine. So there you go. One of the goofy, silly subjects and pieces of show prep, if you will, that comes across all of our desks each and every year. I know it's corny. I know it's right up there with all the national days, but there's just something about it. It's once a year, and it just would never occur to me to purchase all these things until until I see that somebody did the math for us. All right, that's going to do it for us. I'm going to put a lid on this one. I'll be back tomorrow, and some fun guests this week tomorrow from WFMZ and the band Handsome John Pruitt my friend Tom Raider is going to be here Tom just did the news story on the sale of WEEU so uh, a lot of people who I'm guessing are listening will also reading Tom's story on WFMZ.com so looking forward to have Tom sit in tomorrow Tom Raider tomorrow then on Thursday the man the myth the legend from the 222 podcast, and quite frankly, he's Fleetwood's finest. Robbie Lessig will be with me on Thursday morning for another fun, fun show to wrap up the week. All right, that's going to do it. Have a wonderful Tuesday, everybody, or should I say a terrific Tuesday. I'm now going to go try to do an adult thing and change the light bulb in my Rogue. Let's see how it goes. Probably not well. Talk to you tomorrow.